Wow, it's such an honor to be here. And I really say that with my heart. Uh, we look forward to coming, seeing Nelson and Louise. We go back to, what, 40, 50 years? 49, 69, was it? Wow. And uh, I could tell you some stories, but I don't think I will. <laughs> They're private stories. <laughs> but uh, to see you here today, uh, and as my wife said here, that you are in a good position to show forth the power of God. And, you know, he, he doesn't just use, you know, some famous Billy Graham or somebody like that. He uses ordinary people, and that's what David was. He was just a, a shepherd boy out minding his own business. The bear and the lion came in. He slew him. And then he got challenged with Goliath, and he took on Goliath. But he was no big shot. Now, he grew into a great king, but he was just an ordinary kid who trusted in the Lord. And that's what you and I are. We're just people, ordinary people. We just trust the Lord. And uh, I, I, I'm bringing a message to you today that I, I really think God has orchestrated it. And so if you're taking notes, at least take the addresses down. Uh, I'm going to talk to you on the power of a faith attitude. The power of a faith attitude. There are several kinds of faith in the Bible. One is saving faith. We've all experienced that, that we trusted in the Lord. We called on the Lord forgive us of our sins, and we believe that he heard us, and he saved us. And Ephesians 2.8, uh, and, uh, and that scripture says, for by grace through faith are you saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we've all experienced saving faith. Well, and then there's another faith in the Bible. It's found in 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the gifts of God. And one of the gifts that God gives us is the gift of faith, a gift. You don't earn it, you get it, because God says, I want to give you the gift of faith. And I've often thought, what is that? Well, as I kind of look back over my life, I've seen a number of impossibilities, and I say to God, how are we going to get through this? And the Lord says, just keep believing. And suddenly, the Lord gives you a grace to take on that uh, impossibility. And the gift of faith kicks in. And suddenly, you have faith to believe to conquer that impossibility. It doesn't happen all the time. But every so often in your lifetime, God will give you the gift of faith. There's nine gifts. One of them is the gift of faith. I believe that our sister right now has a gift of faith. That's why she's here and winning this battle because there's a gift of faith operating here. But then there's another kind of faith that I want you to listen to carefully because it's something that you can have, and it's called a faith attitude. 
Now, I've pastored one church 44 years. There are some people in that church that I would never ask them, how are you? <laughs> you catch it, don't you? Now, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but when you ask some people, how are you? Oh, I got a sore back, and oh, I don't know if my job's going to hang in there, and I, oh, there's a tough time, you know. So I don't ask them, how are you? Because <laughs> there's no faith. It's always a negative expression of the worst of what they see. And there's others when you say, how are you? Even if they're sick, they say, by his stripes, I'm healed. And God honors that kind of talk. Did you know that? Now, this is the definition of a faith attitude. It's determined by what you believe about any given subject or situation. If you would believe right now that right up here there is a bomb and you've got 60 seconds to get out of here, what would you do? Oh, um, I believe it's going to blow up in 60 seconds. No, if you're a person of faith, because faith is determined by what you believe in any given situation or subject, you'd be out of here in 60 seconds, place would be empty. Is that right? Because your attitude, you believe it. Now, the word belief is a very interesting word. The first part of the word be means to exist. The last part, lithion, or believe, means in accordance. So when you believe something, not just mentally, but you actually believe something, you live in accordance with it. In other words, that's how we live. Now, if we want to believe negatively, then we live in that, that sewer. If we want to live believe positively we live in that victory and that's a that's a choice <clears throat> that we all have you can live in whatever situation you want to live in based by your belief thank you very much you don't want a dry sermon do you <laughs> that's good thank you so in New York one day, listen to me carefully now, because what I have to say changed my life. There was a hundred centurions in New York City a number of years ago. These are people who are a hundred years old. And they surveyed these centurions to find out what caused them to have longevity, to live a hundred years couldn't find anything they've some were well educated some had no education some were from other countries in poverty they came here and these centurions a hundred of them had nothing in common 
they were had all different backgrounds and so on. <clears throat> so they kept trying to find out why they lived a hundred or more years. <clears throat> now they finally found out what they had in common. Every one of them could look at a situation and see good in it. That's all. It was, some were Christians, some were non-Christian, but every one of those hundred-year-old guys would look at a situation and could see something good and positive in that person or in that situation. They had this uniqueness. Now, I really believe that God wants you and I to have that kind of faith attitude, that we don't live looking for trouble. We're looking for answers. We're looking for direction. We're looking for divine guidance. Amen? Yeah. That's, that's a way we survive. Now, I want to read a few scriptures. We all know Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, what? It is impossible to please him. Now, that's a heavy scripture. Over in Romans, you know it says in Romans 14, 23, listen to what it says. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Wow. Now, as we go into Hebrews again, uh, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the subject of things that we are believing for, the evidence we have what we can't see. That's what faith is. One translation I really like, it says, faith is the title deed. Faith is the title deed of things you want. If somebody would give you a car but no title, you can lose it. Is that right? But if they give you a car or give you the title but no car, wherever that car is, that's your car. And it's just a matter of finding out where the car is because you got the title, which means you own it. You have the legal right to it. Well, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance, is the title deed of things hoped for. And if you don't have the title, you can lose it. That's why some people lose their healing. They, they get a, a touch from God and they say, I've been healed. Praise God. And then a few days later, oh, it hurts again. I guess I didn't get healed. Right there, you lose it. Because you had the t title deed, but somebody took the title away from you. And so you can't believe because you feel the pain back. See, there's the, the, the fight of faith. You fought the good fight of faith. Is that right? And that's the key of Christian living. It's not just to get the answer, but to hold on to it. Don't let the title go from your hands but keep believing. Now, there's a, another approach that I think is very important. I want to tell you a little story 
about being in a fire. I went into a, a Kansas City with Brother Connor, and we were actually uh, going to attend a large men's meeting a number of years ago in Kansas City. But when we got there, we signed up late, and suddenly no hotels were open except one hotel was still open for, for people. But it, it was the oldest hotel in America. It, it was at least 75 years old. And I remember when I walked across the, the floor in the, in the lobby area, it squeaked, which meant it was old and, and it, it, it was made of wood. And I thought to myself, man, if this thing ever catches on fire, it's going to go fast. <laughs> I'm on the 12th floor, this old rickety place. When you got in the elevator, it, you just wonder if it'd make it. You know, uh, uh, A little bit more. Uh, got to get up to 12. <laughs> so I went to bed that night. And in the middle of the night, I hear this in the distance. I woke up. That was a siren. I went over to the window, and I looked out the window. Of course, down the alley, I couldn't see down the bottom, but I saw a red light flashing against the next building. This place is on fire, and I'm in the 12th floor. <laughs> and I remember I got so shook up because I was scared, you know. I'm, I don't like to go out. If I have to die, let somebody shoot me, but don't burn me. <laughs> and I remember walking in a circle. What do I do? What do you do in a fire? Well, you get out of here. <laughs> and I remember I, I just had my shorts on, and I slipped my pants on. A little modesty was left. So I slipped on my pants, nothing in the top part, just my pants, I went over and I grabbed my Bible because a pastor doesn't leave his Bible. You got it. So, so I'm half naked, no shoes on, but I've got my Bible. By this time, I can smell the smoke. And I mean, I'm scared. This place is on fire. I went over to the door and I thought, you don't open the door too quick because if there's fire in the, in the uh, hallway, it can be sucked right into your room. So I cracked the door just a little bit to see what's out there, and I could see layers of smoke. And I am really shook up. I'm, I'm really scared. But I thought, I, I got to get down. I'm too far up here. So I go over to the elevator, and then I remember, you don't take an elevator <laughs> uh, when a place is on fire. And so then I went over to the steel stairway. I'm ba barefoot now. And this is just an old-fashioned steel stairway. And I start down this stairway. Remember, I'm half naked. I got a Bible, but I'm, I got no shoes. And I'm expecting to see the firemen come up any moment, round and around and around. And I don't know if you ever went down 12 stories uh, on a steel stairway, but it, it's hard, and it's a long ways. 
And finally, I got down 12 floors down to the bottom. And when I rushed into the lobby, the old guy at the desk was half asleep, and he kind of looks over and sees a half-naked man <laughs> carrying a Bible. <laughs> and no firemen. And I thought, I heard the siren. I saw this, the, the, the redness of the, the, the sig light signaling against the other building. I saw layers of smoke. I could smell them. God gave you five senses. Do you know that? But the five senses was never designed to touch God. Now think about it. You don't feel, have to feel anything to be in touch with God. A lot of us got saved when we called on the Lord. We didn't have any goosebumps. We just knew we were in trouble. Jesus, will you save us? And something happened. I believe he saved us. But you can't touch God with your five senses. That's very important to remember because your five senses have no connection with God. Now, you can follow them, but you have no connection with God. Faith is the only thing that connects you and I with God. When we were worshiping today, I mean, I really enjoyed your worship. I could feel the presence of God as the congregation was loving Jesus. And, but I, I didn't feel just goosebumps. I just felt in my heart, I am in the presence of God. Right here at Solid Rock, I'm worshiping the Lord. So anyway, half-naked preacher with a Bible goes outside to see what's going on. And out in the parking lot, there was a little uh, tenant's booth whose electric uh, heater had shortened out and it was smoldering and the fire truck was there putting out the fire out out in the in the yeah <laughs> I felt about as dumb as you could feel out there in the middle of the night half dressed with my bible <laughs> so I went back in and I, I took that rickety elevator back upstairs Brother Connor said, he's on the 10th floor. Brother Connor says, you mean you went right by me and let me burn? <laughs> I said, I, I forgot you were there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you, you can't connect to God with your five senses. Now, you can feel good and all that's great, but you really can't connect without faith. You have to believe in what he said. Now, one of the things that's very important to me and I believe to you is the word of God is always positive. He didn't say, I can do all things through Christ most of the time. He didn't say, greater is he that's within me some of the time. He didn't say, the Lord is my shepherd once in a while. He didn't say, if God be for us, who can be against us some of the time? You can't find that kind of language in the Bible. That's why God wants us to be a, have the power of a faith attitude. 
the power of a faith attitude. And, uh, you know, these principles work everywhere. There's a story I read once about a little boy who was out on the sidewalk, and he had a, a little puppy, and it was all dirty and matted, and he had a little sign around his, its neck, for sale, three cents. A friend that knew the little boy said, son, if you take that little puppy home and you put it in the bathtub and scrub it and put a bowl around its neck and put some of mom's perfume on it, you can get a lot more money and people come and buy it. So the little boy said, okay. So he took it home and did all that. And so he went back out in the street and put a sign on for sale, $3,000. <laughs> And uh, the man came by, son, do you really think that's worth 3000 Yes, it's worth 3000 A few hours later, he came by and saw the for sale sign, $3,000, laying on the sidewalk, written over it, sold. So he's so curious to know how he got the money out of that little puppy. He went and knocked on his door, and the little, pup, the little guy came to the door. Son, did you sell your... Your uh, dog? Yeah, I sold it. How much did you get? $3,000. You got $3,000 out of that little puppy after you cleaned it up and put perfume on it? Yeah, I got 3000 Tell me who gave you 3000 Well, he said, this little boy came walking down the street with two $1,500 cats I took on trade. <laughs> <laughs> But notice the power of a faith attitude. He gets two cats now worth 1,500 beasts. <laughs> so when we come to the word of God, the Bible is just full of scriptures that tell us what we're to believe for. We are to believe for victory over the loss of, of the enemy. I wanna I wanna read some scriptures because there's a real key I want to leave with you. And when I was a, a teenager, uh, I was raised by a dad who uh, was very legalistic. Anything that was fun was sin. <laughs> I hope there's none here. <laughs> but I couldn't go out for competitive sports because it's sin. Everything that was fun was sin. So you think of God the Father starting with you as a father. That's why fathering is so important because you're going to translate what you are, father, to father God. So the time I got into my teens with this heavy legalistic attitude, I had no faith in God because I thought God wanted to kill me. I thought if I had a bad thought, they taught this at that time, if I had a bad thought and Jesus came, I'd go to hell forever. You know, and I'm a little boy and I, I you know, I want do things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, even though I had asked Jesus in my heart, I still had a problem with my thinking and my attitudes and my desires, and but everything that was fun was sin. Games were sin. 
all kinds of competitiveness with sin. And uh, I, I remember, and I'm just graduating from high school, T.L. Osborne, who you may know, I know Nelson Louise know, uh, was a real man of faith. He, he had great crusades of 50,000, 100,000, all over the third world. And uh, I, I, wondered, I wanted to be a preacher, and I wondered how I could be a preacher when I didn't trust in God. I thought God was wanting to squash me like a bug if I would make a mistake. And I don't know why I did it, but one day I decided to memorize 30 scriptures. Uh, the Bible is full of promises. You can't open this book without finding promises from God. I took 30 of those promises. Some of them I already read to you. I can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that's within me. And I, I put these 30 uh, scriptures into my mental computer. I want you to think about this. Because I have to change an attitude. Because everything was sinful. Everything was bad. Uh, the cup is half empty, not half full. Everything was on the negative side. And I memorized these 30 scriptures. I was 18 years old when this happened, right out of high school. And it was an amazing thing to this day. Now, I know I look young, but I'm 85 years old. Did you know that, Nelson? <laughs> I'm 85 years old. And I still think of scriptures when I, I meet a problem. I don't think about how I feel. I don't think about what's there. I need money. What do I say? Now, this is very important to me to just leave this simple truth. What do I say? Well, if I need finances, out of my mouth, and I want to prove that in the scriptures, comes a statement. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. I say that, and I believe that. Now, all my life now, I'm 85, it started at 18, I watched God open the heavens to me by saying what he says about every situation. What does he say about this, uh, I'm weak. The Lord is my strength. I would say that. I put it in my computer up here, and any time I had a negative thought, I would cancel it with the word of God. I would cancel it with the word of God. And I saw God just do impossible things, money-wise, uh, sin-wise, overcome this situation, overcome that situation. I, I want to I read to you some scriptures that, that are so simple that we, we often pass over them. I want you to turn over here to Romans, if you will. And I want to read a scripture that you all know, and you know it well. And uh, you got to live by this scripture. In Romans 10 and verse 6, 
notice this, but the righteousness of faith speaks on this wise. Faith speaks. Now write this down if you're taking notes. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But how is faith released? It's not enough to just think, you know, God is my healer. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's not enough to just think it. You got to say it. And that's what this scripture is talking about. For the, but the righteousness of faith speaks on this way. And it says, don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Why? Because he's already come. You don't have to say that. Or who shall descend into the abyss or into hell? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. It's already, he's already risen from the dead. But what does it say? Now notice, it doesn't say, what does he think? It says, what does he say? The word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now notice verse 9. We all know this scripture. That if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now how do you... How do you do it? Verse 10, next verse. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this word salvation is not just saved from uh, sin, but it actually means you're going to do well. If you confess with your mouth, uh, it's made unto doing well this is how you live the bible says over in colossians as you receive christ walk ye in him how did you receive christ nobody here if you are you better make it right nobody's here just by thinking it doesn't work Confession is made with the mouth. You say what he says about your sin situation, about your life, about everything. And he says, as you receive Christ, so what? Walk ye in him. How did you receive Christ? I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus is my Lord and he has forgiven me and I've received him into my heart. Now he says, as you received him, so walk ye that way. In other words, you and I have a challenge if we want to live on the victory side is to say what God says about every situation. And it needs to be put into your computer so when the enemy shows up, you don't argue with him. You know, what did Jesus do when he was tempted in Luke 4? Jesus said, it is written. Now, if the Son of God 
had to, to quote the Bible uh, when he was attacked by the serpent, so do we. It is written. It is written. It is written. Why do you think God put thousands of promises in this book? Because it's the only way to be victorious. It's the only way to maintain your connection with God. And so many Christians, they've, they accepted Jesus, but they don't live like that. They don't live by confessing his word. And yet there are thousands of promises in the Bible. It says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to use your mouth. That's why worship to me is so important. I am saying with my mouth, as we did this morning, I love you, Lord. I bless your name. You are eternal. You're my Savior. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that's how I worship him. I just tell him what I think of him according to his word. And that's how I live. Now, I want to challenge you. Because I know that many of us right here are living in a time of, of challenge. And I want to read a scripture that has always helped me. And you must write this down because this is the key. It's found in Luke, the 11th chapter, and verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Now he explains it in the next verse. For assuredly I say unto you, whoever says, now you got to get that word. It's over and over and over again in the Bible. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask, you say, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. Now, that is a powerful scripture. Either it's true or it's a lie. That's, you got a way you have to look at it. Do you believe this book? Of course we do. We believe this book, and he says, if you want to get rid of your mountain, he's not talking about a natural mountain being dumped into the sea. He's talking about an addiction. He's talking about a problem that you're facing right now. Do you believe that God will take care of that problem if you confess Jesus as the answer to that problem? Do you believe the sin can be removed? The addiction can be removed. If you're in a storm, as some of you are in storm, what do you say to your storm? Be thou removed. You got to say it with your mouth. Amen. Be thou removed in the name of Jesus. And if you say it, and you don't doubt in your heart, but shall believe whatever you say, it will be done. If you're weak, say, the Lord is my strength. If you lack money, say, 
the Lord will provide for me my finances. He said he would according to his riches in glory. Everything you need is in this book. Now, you've got to take this book and put it in your computer upstairs and say, I believe this book. I believe everything that's said in this book. I can believe for it. If you are in a warfare and physically or mentally or spiritually or relationship, if you go to the word of the Lord, you'll find these words. Notice what it says in Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Wow. When you pass through the waters, not if, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And that word Savior means I'm your rescuer. I will take you out of the river. I'll take you out of the fire. I'll take you out of your storm. And I will cause you to prosper. This book, the Bible, is a book of storms. Did you know that? You can't read this book without realizing this whole book from cover to cover, wherever you open the Bible, they're either in a storm or they're coming out of a storm or they're heading for a storm. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? (laughs) But that's the way life is. And that's why he says when you, not if, when you walk through the waters, When you walk through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, I am with you. I'm your Savior. And you can't understand this until you understand how to conquer storms. Because every one of us, and I can say without doubt, a third of you right here are in a storm. And another third are coming out of a storm. And the other third is heading for one. So you really need to pay attention to this subject because the Bible is full of it. Why do you think he gave all these promises? They say 6,000 promises from Genesis to Revelation. Thousands of promises. Why? So you can go through your storm successfully because you're going to go through it. And he says when you do this. Now, here's here's a real important part of the of this understanding. If you're a Bible student, you know every major subject will have a whole section of scriptures about that subject. For example, if you want to study God is love and what is love, where would you turn in the Bible to find an understanding of what love's all about? 1 Corinthians 13. If you want to understand what it's going to be like in the last days, you go maybe Matthew 24, 
Luke 21, uh, 1 Timothy 3, in the last days perilous times shall come. So all you do is turn your TV on right now and know uh, our, our world is in big, big trouble. Okay, what do you do about it? How are you going to be an overcomer? How are you going to lead your children that are coming up to trust God during the midst of the storm? Where would you turn in the Bible to the subject of storms and how to handle them? I'll tell you. Write it down. It's Psalms 107. In Psalms 107, there are six major storms. I mean, they are vicious. I'll read one of them, but there's six of them. Over and over again, the whole subject in Psalms 107 is storms and what to do about them. And uh, let's, let's notice this in Psalms 107, verse 25. It says, He, that's God, commands and raises the stormy winds which lift up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. You can just see the ocean just in turmoil. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro uh, and stagger like a drunk man. They are at their wit's end. Verse 28. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distress. He calms the storm so that the, its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. He guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, I want you to slip down to verse 43, which is the last verse after six storm 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 six of them verse 43 said whosoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the lord now that's quite a scripture the key of your storm is wisdom understanding how to get out of the storm. It says, they cried out to the Lord in their distresses, and he calmed the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quieted. Verse 43, the last verse about these storms, whoever is wise will observe these things and will understand. Wisdom and understanding right now is your portion. I've went through the storms in the Bible, and they're over and over again. There's a scripture over here in Psalms 34. It says, many, in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's a promise. Now, what are you going to do? Well, some get healed, and some don't get healed, and some get healed, some don't get... No, that's not the, the position to take. I'm believing for my healing 
because you said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So I'm challenging you right now. Speak to your mountain. I don't care if it's an addiction. It's a bad relationship. Speak to it in the name of the Lord. And I'm not going to let this storm overcome me. I'm going to overcome the storm. Over and over again, you will find God gives us an answer for the storms that we face. And I believe God is with you today to give you an answer for the storms that you are facing. You have to say it with your mouth. Mountain, be gone. And guess what happens? That mountain has to leave. You can't say, mountain, be gone. I hope, I hope, I hope. <laughs> it's not going to work. You've got to say, this is the word of the Lord. Mountain, be gone. And you can cast that mountain right out of your life into the sea, never again to be uh, bothering you. But you hold your faith right there, and you don't waver in your faith. Would you bow your heads before the Lord? We're going to take care of a few storms. Every head bowed for a moment. If you have a problem, there's a problem that seems to overcome you, and you know that this is not a storm that is to destroy you. You're to fight it. You're to overcome it. You're to believe God for it. If you are in a battle right now, I said one-third of you are going to raise your hand. And you're going to say, I'm, I'm in a battle, and I'm going to take this as the word from God. I'm going to believe God. He's going to take care of this storm as I take authority over it. If you're in a battle right now and you want God to remove that mountain out of your life, and you're going to confess with your mouth, Jesus, as a storm killer. Would you put your hand up and let me pray for you? What I said, a good third of you got your hand up. God is coming right now. He sent me hundreds of miles to share this word this morning and he's here to touch your life, touch your situation, to touch your relationships, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Finances, health, spiritual addiction maybe you're you're fighting an addiction right now and that addiction is just overcoming you but you've got to say no more devil in the name of jesus mountain be removed and the moment you say that with faith guess what happens he takes that mountain and he casts it into the sea i read you scriptures after scriptures that would cast those mountains into the sea. Many hands. Just keep it up. You're not telling me. You're telling God, I've got a mountain. I need you to take care of this mountain. All the way. Not partial, but all the way. Storms are to be conquered. Storms are to be removed in the name of Jesus. If you got your hands raised, stand to your feet, will you? Just... Raise, if you've got your hands up, just stand up and 
we're going to believe God right now. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to pray. And we're doing this the Bible way. Father, you see every person that's standing right now that's in a storm. And the enemy would like to lie to them and say, the storm is greater than God, and it's not true. Your word, your presence is greater than any storm we could go through. We'll take our Goliaths down because we've taken the, the bear and the lion down, and you put in us a spirit of faith in solid rock. This is a church that is committed to the word and that you are going to bring forth, even right now, a victory over every mountain that we face right now. A victory in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to pray. And I want you to call out the name your mountain that you want removed. Remember, it's what you say from your heart that God hears. He hears the words of faith. Lord, hear our prayer now as we all pray together. We need your victory. We need your power. We need your greatness. We need you to come and let that mountain be removed right now. Be cast into the sea. Be cast in the sea. We are not going to doubt in our heart. We're believing right now the power of God, the voice of faith, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. So we say with our mouth, Jesus, you're the Lord over every storm that we face. And that right now, the power of God is upon solid rock to take this church into another level where we can handle our, our mountains by speaking the word of God in faith over every mountain that would try to raise itself up and destroy us. Lord, we thank you right now that you have given us the victory over the storms of life. You have given us the victory that we have a faith attitude from this moment on. We're not going to say negative things. We're going to say what you said about our situation. We're going to believe you for a victory in every situation. And whether we live or die isn't important. The important thing is we are people of faith. We believe the Lord in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody's standing to their feet. I don't know if you sing that song here, He Touched Me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole. 
Now sing it, you touch me, and sing it to Jesus. You touch me. Oh, you touch me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know you touch me and made me whole. Lord, I thank you. Your hand is upon this house. I thank you, Lord, that you have commissioned this house to be a bearer of truth, to take the word of God and live it in every one of the lives of the hearers. Lord, if there be any here that don't know you, I pray right now they will do what the Bible says. They will confess with their mouth Jesus as Lord. They will receive the salvation of the Lord, which is a gift from God. You took our sins and bore them on the cross, and you set us free. And so we are free indeed, because we have found the answer is in Jesus Christ. Bless this house, Lord. Bless Pastor Dave and his dear wife. Give them many, many years to serve this house. Bless them, I pray. Right now, let the anointing flow down upon them until they know without any doubt that they are there by the will of God and that you put them here. Pastor Nelson didn't put them here. You put them right here to lead this great church. And Lord, we believe it's going to be full. We believe that there are many, many people that are going to come into this house and soon they won't even have a gymnasium. It'll be so full. Lord, we believe that. We thank you. You're the, you're the one that grows the church. You draw through the miracles uh, of, of signs and wonders. You draw people. And Lord, each one of us now, as we go out from here, we go out in the name of the Lord to do the will of God, to accomplish everything you said that we're to accomplish. Lord, let the spirit of the prophetic be upon this church. Let them be a people who will touch people's lives everywhere they go. This church expands because they are people of faith. They are people who cast mountains out of people's lives and teach the word of the Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. We just give you the honor and give you the praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. Pastor, come. Amen.